Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Tuesday, January 4th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that really hopes we get a game tonight. I'm hopeful. I'm as hopeful as this snow squall ending soon. So Yeah, a little rough weather we're having. So uh, thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. Good thing to do while it's snowing out. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers to keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we are going to talk about the latest with the Flyers and the Ducks going into tonight's game in Anaheim. And we will do our weekly Phantoms check-in. Some very exciting action going on with them. Lockdown Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Lockdown Sports Network. All right, Russ. So as we heard on yesterday's show, uh, Carter Hart and Scott Lawton were back off the COVID list. They made the trip to California and were at practice yesterday. Uh, According to Mike Yo, Lawton is 100% good to go and will be in the lineup. Carter Hart, uh, at the time of practice yesterday, was definitely going to be in the lineup, but it was TBD in terms of him starting, likely so. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, he, you know, you never want to throw a goalie in cold unless they feel like they're right with it mentally and everything else, and he's got to travel. So I could see that being up in the air a little bit. Yeah, it seemed like from his, you know, post-practice interview that he was feeling good and ready to go. Of course, he would say that himself. But he would. Uh, I do, you know, anticipate that they will end up starting him. They did also mention that Derek Broussard did not make the trip out to California. Uh, Mike Yo said that they needed to see him in practice before making a call of whether or not he was good to go to put him in. So it wasn't worth him making that trip, which makes sense. It does. I mean, again, he is an older player and he is starting to get dinged up a little this year. So you, you don't want him in there unless he really can give you something. I get it. Yeah, with him especially, I think, and the kind of role that he plays Yes, in the team, he really has to be 100% to support line mates the way that he has been doing while he's been playing. Carter Hart did say that he had the flu initially with symptoms and then tested positive for COVID, but did not have symptoms, which he thought was really weird, which is kind of an odd thing to happen. It is possible, though. It yeah. is. Uh, he did also mention that he was, you know, really disappointed about not being able to at least be considered for the Canadian roster for the Olympics. But, you know, kind of it is what it is with COVID right now. And uh, I think we could all feel his energy when he was talking about that. He he said, uh, we can't keep living like this. And man, is that a mood? I just felt it so deeply. It is. It's a mood. But but I have to say one thing. I don't want to hear any more players say they're sad about it. I'm sad about the atrocities that happen every every day in China that no player will talk about. Have you heard any mm-hmm. player talk about it? Not one. 
not one. It's very bizarre. I'm sad about that. So, you know, with all of of that and, you know, Scott Lawton apparently spending some extra time with his cat, which I appreciate as a cat person. <laughs> yeah, me too. I've got a couple He of is a cat person and I appreciate that about Scott Lawton. He's he's got the well. look of a cat person too. He really does. <laughs> his cat is such a floof ball. Oh my god, so cute. Yeah, that's great. I love that. All right. So, going into tonight's game, the Flyers had a couple of additions to the COVID protocol list themselves. Uh, Jackson Cates and Nick Sealer, in addition to one staff person, have been placed on the list. And uh, so obviously we know Jackson Cates is coming out of the lineup then. And we'll be seeing Kevin Connaughton, assuming testing goes well today on that front, which we would have expected anyway, on the defensive side of things. So just, you know, to talk a little bit about how those forward lines could shape up. We talked a little bit about it on yesterday's show, where, you know, we maybe assumed that Wilman would then slot in on the fourth line with Lawton, potentially, you know, going on the wing with Hayes and JVR. But there are other options out there. I personally would do that just because I don't want to break up Lindblom, Frost, and TK. I just think their momentum is really good. And I like Farabee on that line with Jeru and Atkinson. But what what's your call? My call would be put Lindblom on the second line so he could actually – dig the puck out for some of those other guys and put um, Lawton on the third line because I do think Lawton could help really teach Frost some things. TK is TK, you know, he's fine. But I do feel like Lawton could have a good um, influence on him. When you start putting Lawton on the second line, I think that's where you start getting into a little bit of trouble with him. So I feel like Lindblom, if he does the dirty work and digs in the corners, maybe that sparks a JVR who honestly I don't know where to put him in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying because I'm not sure that Hayes and JVR on the same line is the best thing for both of them. Right. You know, right now especially as we it's very clear that Hayes is still working his ba- way back to 100%. I I certainly think he has shown, you know, some improvement and he's gotten a little quicker over the last couple of games, but I still think he has a little way to go. And you know, JVR has been hit or miss. Uh, he did have a really strong you know, point streak. Don't get me wrong. But I do think that still we talked about his positioning being a little bit off. Yeah. And so if Hayes is going to be behind the play and JVR isn't going to be quite in the right spot, you know, do we want them on the same line? Maybe not. So then maybe you do have like a Lawton Frost JVR line and then Lindblom, Hayes and TK. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I didn't say it exactly that way, but that's good. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, I think for me, that is, you know, given the personnel that we think we have right now, the best the best way to look at it, uh, of course, then with the fourth line being Wilman, Brown, and McEwen. You know, they've been playing pretty well, and especially in that Kings game, I think they had more jump than anybody for a good portion of that game. I mean, I'm going to look and, and maybe start a pool how much ice time Max Wilman's going to get in in the Mike Yo era. It's it's getting to that point. Well, I think it's partially, though, if you put him on that fourth line, it would be because the other two are playing well in his eyes as well. 
I don't know. I mean, unless you you throw Wilman out there on PP2, which would be crazy, right? I mean, nothing's crazy at this point. PP2 barely gets any time anyhow. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. Do something different. Yeah, I, I think so too. It's just uh, put Lawton and Limblom and Wilman and then maybe you know Kevin Hayes out there and see what happens on PP2. Yeah, that's actually good. I like I like it with Hayes. Yeah, and then and that's where you throw Provy out, right? Yes. So yeah, I mean, mix it up. I mean, who knows? All these games are such a crapshoot anyway, with all the roster changes due to COVID, that you know you might as well try anything, right? I mean, we're right now in an era where it's going to be hard to keep any line together based on people coming in and out of the lineup. Exactly. Well. You know, we will be taking a look at our opponent for tonight's game. Again, presuming it it moves forward. We have some information about that coming up. Got beard? Get primal. You heard me right. Got beard? Get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal origin oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. Their goal is to help others look good and live healthier lives through the use of natural oils. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils are renowned as the best feel in beer products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the USA. The combo kits make a great gift and if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad you did. Most companies focus on fragrance first and that leads to a product that does not feel good on the skin. We took a step back and focused on the ingredients first to ensure a product that feels great and still smells fantastic. We know every company claims to be the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and feel in beer to the other companies you've used. We promise you will see the difference. Remember the code LOCKEDON gets you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Use the code LOCKEDON at checkout for 20% off. All right, so looking ahead to tonight's game versus the Anaheim Ducks. Man, the Ducks are kind of in a little bit of turmoil right now. They're currently uh, second in points and fourth in point percentage in the Pacific right now. They got off to a real hot start, but have been a little hit or miss recently. Again, partially due to COVID and partially just due to natural regression because this team, I think, kind of overplayed itself mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season to some degree. So yeah. they lost their last four games they played going back to December 17th versus the Arizona Coyotes. Um, they lost to both the Yotes and the Canucks in overtime and then uh, lost to Vegas and the Avs. So, you know, I, I think they have been struggling a little bit. And part of that, again, was due to COVID. Like I said, uh, Ryan Getzlaff is in their COVID protocol along with Trevor Zegras and Max Jones. And That's a big chunk of their offense. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. And as a result of Ryan Getzlaff being out, they were forced to move our old pal Derek Grant back up to 1C because of that absence, which, you know, that's kind of a struggle bus decision, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's one where, yeah, that's going to – the Flyers are going to have a little edge there. Grant's pretty good, but as the game goes on, he's going to be less effective. 
so those absences happened over the weekend, and then they added two more players, uh, Delorier uh, on COVID protocol. Derek Grant uh, entered the protocol as well after that game. So they wound up canceling practice yesterday as a precaution. So again, as of our recording, we have no idea what's going on with that team and what that means for the game. But as of now, we just have to assume it's it's moving on. In addition, Adam Henrique is still out being injured. They did get Max Comtois back, but, you know, is that enough? I don't know. I mean, Comtois helps. I mean, he is a, a big physical guy with speed. So he can give you trouble in the corners and it's good with puck possession, very fast hands around the net. So, you know, he could give you trouble. Jamie Drysdale on the blue line can give you trouble. Like the yes. way he skates into the zone, he, he could be a lot like Drew Doughty at times. But in a way, he's different. Uh, he breaks down the offense a little bit more before he decides to pass. And just Doughty may get more points, but the um, Drysdale brain is more offensive-minded. He is good defensively, too, so it's not like he's one of those guys that's just all offense. So he could be a problem. Isaac Lundestrom could be a problem. He's probably moving up to at least 2C. And, you know, he's a kid that is good on faceoffs. He quietly scores goals. He's a really good passer. He's fast. He plays a good two-way game. He has really um, been a nice pick for them. And then we have Sonny Milano, who, you know, aside from the trick shots... And he did call that shot from Zegras. He's from my yes. hometown of North Massapequa, Long Island, uh, in New York. He always gets credited for being in Massapequa, and that's because of that's the fault of the Baldwin's and Jerry Seinfeld. They make they they put such a shadow on North Massapequa that everybody just says, "Oh, they're from Massapequa." So, <laughs> but I I take it you have feelings about this, Russ. I do, I do, but it's okay. Um, but but Sonny's a good kid, and he's worked hard, and. You know, he had that one little issue that time in in Manhattan. He's gotten past all that. It's nice that the Ducks gave him a chance. And he's really using his speed. He has now uh, got a little bit of freewheeling ability there. And I don't think Torts let him do that as an example. So they're getting points out of him. He's got 22 points. It's it's already going to, you know, be his best year career-wise. And, you know, we're just getting going here. There's a lot of season left. So he is a guy you have to watch. Because he does have speed that could turn a corner, and he has great hands. So, like, I I would put whatever line Milano was on, I would put the uh, the Flyers' second pairing on them, who's really their first pairing. But that's just me. No, I think that's a, a really good call. I do also want to call out uh, Troy Terry, mm-hmm. because he's still the leading scorer for the Ducks at this point. He had gotten off to a really banging start and was, like, in the top five in scoring in the league for a while. Has since dropped precipitously I think he's around like in the 25th slot right now um he had had a bit of a lull but has actually played pretty well in the last batch of games you know despite the Ducks not winning um he still got I think like three or four goals over the last five or six games so nothing to sneeze out there no I mean he's really come on I didn't think he would get this many points in his career I thought he'd be a really good player we all know about his abilities in the shootout. Uh, pretty good goal scorer, but nothing great. And he's really maxed himself out this year. But here's a pro tip, though, for Mike Yo. If this game were to go to overtime, try and win the game in overtime. You have no chance of winning this game in a shootout with Milano and Troy Terry. No chance. Oh, none whatsoever. 
Nice. And Drysdale. Drysdale's good at the shootout, too, if they let him do it. So, I'm honestly, if, if it gets to overtime, they have to win this game in overtime. You know, thinking about a shootout and goaltenders, uh, there is a chance that we'll see our old pal Anthony Stolarz in that. Uh, Gibson played in their last game against Colorado, uh, you know, a couple days off in between. So mm-hmm. could be the Gibson slots right back in, but it would be a good opportunity for Stoli to, to play against his former organization. It would. It'd be fun to see. I'm all for it, but I think we are going to see Gibson. And and as you know, Gibson just on his own could be rock solid enough to, to cause problems for the Flyers. So either way, this is one of the best goaltending tandems in the league. So take advantage of the guys they have out and try and get a lead early. Yeah, I, I do think that's the best option, especially given how the Flyers played in the last game, which was the exact opposite of that. <laughs> And I just think that if the Flyers like want to prove anything, that they have to come out real hard against this team and you know take advantage of all of the things that we've talked about that they do have in their arsenal, especially in terms of dealing with a team with a little bit more speed, you know, making those shorter, crisper passes and giving themselves like a real chance to get three on twos and and not rely too much on bodying their way into shots. Yeah, I think that's that's right. So is there anything else that you got about the Anaheim Ducks? Just overall, Dallas Akins, I, I was very critical of him for his time in Edmonton, but then, you know, he went back to the AHL. I think he was with the goals for a few years, and now, you know, two, three years, he's up up with the big club. He's got these guys playing with speed and pace, and that's something, again, we knew this whole West Coast road trip was going to be like that, right? And we saw the trouble the Flyers had positioning themselves, we talked about it earlier even in this show, with facing that speed and pace. So that's still going to be a problem because they're still going to have a lot of that, even with the players out they still have a lot of it with the players in. So that's still something where they're going to have to overcome that. Yeah, I, I think so too. And man, is it going to be a relief to have the team back in our time zone after this one? If they don't get snowed out. But yeah, they should be fine. It's, it's oh, cleared man, up. I don't want to think about that. No, it's cleared up. The roads are getting better now. All right. Well, uh, we do have the Phantoms to talk about coming up next. You know, uh, we, we just talked about Anthony Stolarz, who spent some quality time on the Phantoms. Yep. And uh, so lots going on, especially in the goaltending realm up there, which we will get to coming up. All right. So the Phantoms had a pretty successful weekend, Russ. I am very happy with their progress. They have a seven-game point streak going. They're 6-0-1 in their last seven games. They're no longer last. In fact, they are not even second to last. They are sixth in the division. That's good. It is really good. It is really good. And they've been playing much, much better, except for – we'll talk about it. But um, they only played two games. Uh, The game against Cleveland was postponed, but they did play at Utica, who is the best team in the AHL overall. We're going to talk about the one a lot because it was a doozy. And then played on Saturday against Bridgeport, which they won both games in overtime. But let's talk about that game against Utica, 6-5 to win in overtime. 
The Phantoms were down five to one at one point in the second period. Pat Nagel was a little shaky to start off. Plus the team was a little flat footed, but man, what a comeback. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to see them beat a team like that. Uh, again, they had that massive streak going. I forget how many games it was and it was impressive. So this is good. I mean, the fact that the, the Phantoms are showing this comeback ability and now they're stringing some wing, wins together, maybe they can get back in this. I mean, they've got, they dug themselves a little bit of a hole and, you know, they're scoring goals now. They weren't scoring goals. So that's a big deal. Yeah, and I want to talk a little bit about a particular combination from that game on Friday. The Cal O'Reilly, who's the captain Mm -hmm. of the team, and Hayden Hodgson, who has come on like gangbusters over the last couple of weeks. Uh, So they combined on three goals. So Cal O'Reilly did an amazing job forechecking, stole the puck. He was alone in the offensive zone, and then Hodgson just streaked in fed it to Hodgson, quick goal. And that was, I think, the goal that changed the momentum of the game around that really got the Phantoms back in it. Uh, They combined on the game tying goal where Cal O'Reilly threaded a needle to get an amazing cross ice pass to Hodgson again, who he then one time did in for that tying goal. And then for the game winner, Hodgson dished it to Cal O'Reilly, like return the favor, who backdoor mm-hmm. lifted it in for the winner. It was like the two of them were just on fire. I mean, that's really good. It's good for the Phantoms. It's just I kind of want to hear more of the prospects getting involved in this, but it is good for them. They need wins. They do. Um, Adam Clendenning had the OT winner, uh, which was a great shot, actually, on yeah. Saturday as well. Again, was... can you tell me why he's not gotten a look yet this year? Is there a reason? You know, it, they did bring in Kevin Connaughton, right? And I think that's the slot that Adam Clendenning would have had. Yeah, yeah. So I just, you know, I don't know why they did not consider Adam Clendenning at the time, but he's been playing really well. And like we've been talking about, has been amazing to partner with Cam York, you know, when, when York's been available for the Phantoms. So it's a, it's a good question, but uh, it seems they, they just decided to go in a different direction. Maybe after Keith Yandel sets the record, they could sit him and bring up Clendenning. <laughs> no, honestly, I mean. It's I- not a terrible thought. I, I just happen to think there's some sort of previous agreement because it really doesn't make sense. I I like the Flyers coaching staff. They can't be this wrong by leaving in Keith Yandel all this time. They just can't be. Yeah. You know, talking about those prospects, uh, Igor Zamula had two great shots from distance that were the ones that got redirected up front for goals. So okay. I think, you know, he had a really strong performance in that game. And I, I just think he's again continuing to progress so he's so close he really is so close he's so close and then your other uh favorite lena sandine Mm -hmm. five shots on goal friday uh got super close to one and i thought he played really well in the game on saturday and so i think you know he is making the kind of progression that you want to see as well yeah and i think based on his age and two-way ability that he really could help the big club at some point this year yeah, I, I just wonder if they're just not going to give him that look until next year or in like the waning games of, of this season. I think it's because they have certain guys for certain roles. So now Yo loves Wilman. Wilman's up there for a while while all this is going on. Patrick Brown, I could take him or leave him. He's okay on the penalty kill. 
but he's not adding much. He's not adding any offense. And Zach McEwen adds one thing. So it's like, if you actually put Sandine in there, you actually might get some some point production from the bottom line, but it doesn't seem like they want that. It, it actually seems like they want to play their fourth line simply as a checking line. You don't get any points, you don't get any points, and that's going to hurt some of these guys for getting a chance. Some of the guys who aren't prospects, but just are new to the NHL or new to pro North American pro hockey, like Sandine. He's a couple of years yeah. in, right? So. Yeah, I, I mean, you could be right there. I just, I do hope that he gets the shot because you're right. He is that kind of guy. His two-way play is something that I think the Flyers could use, especially with, you know, Sean Couturier being in and out with, yeah. with injuries. You know, you want somebody being able to step up right behind him to kind of take over when Couturier can't do it anymore. And Sandine could be that guy. All right, so that will uh, do it for this week's Phantoms report. They do have some games on the schedule. Again, things are fluid with the AHL as they are in the NHL, but at the moment they're currently scheduled to play Wednesday at Hershey and then two games at Providence on Friday and and, uh, Sunday. Yeah, I got to get back to Hershey, but... Right now, I'll wait till the cron is gone. <laughs> I think that's kind of where we all are right now. Uh, for our Flyers fun thing, uh, we talked a little bit about Ryan Ellis in the first segment, and it was his birthday yesterday. And uh, man, I, you know, like I said, really feel for the guy. It's just uh, must be so frustrating for him. And, you know, of course, as Flyers social media does, they wish him a happy birthday. And a lot of the responses were, who is that? And, oh, it hurts so much. I mean, I understand the humor and the sentiment behind it, but it's also like, it's so heartbreaking. And I just like, why can't we just let him have a good day? Yeah, lay off on his birthday. Like, my God, I, I just, I feel bad for him in the sense that I know he's a gamer. He is a guy that gives you everything. He's a guy that he was great in juniors, but everybody was always going to question him based on his size and the pros. And he, he's proved a lot. And I do think he was a good pickup for the Flyers. I know he hasn't played much this year or hardly at all, but still let him have his birthday. Come on. Yeah, I would still make that trade. Like it, Everybody it, would. It's the right move to make. It was the right move to make for the Flyers. And I hope he had the best birthday he could possibly have. He deserves it. (laughs) All right. Well, we will be back again tomorrow with our regular show recapping the Flyers against the Ducks. We'll probably have some mailbag questions answered. So get those questions in. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I want to call your attention to a special episode that will be in your feeds this afternoon. 
And that is a special Locked On Women's Hockey episode where uh, there will be some audio from the USA Hockey Women's National Team press conference that they did. And Russ is going to talk a little bit about that. And then we have a roundtable that I was on along with uh, Erica Ayala from Locked On Kraken, Jess Malmasto from Locked On Flames, and then Anne from Locked On Predators. And the four of us just talked about uh, the roster announcement at the Winter Classic, and we got into the players on that roster a little bit more and just general women's hockey and, and what's going on in that world. So hope you listen to that and enjoy. It, it was a lot of fun to do that roundtable and hopefully we'll have some more women's hockey content going into the Olympics. As always, I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ and I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks again for listening and have a great day. You made us your first listen. Now make your next listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.